Hey, well, today I'm very excited to start a brand new series called Jesus Said. It's a look through some of the, uh, we're gonna do five weeks through the teachings of Jesus Christ. And usually every year I do some kind of red letter series. And I, I just wanna encourage you for the whole month of October, just let's do this together as a church in your personal devotion time, in your daily reading or your regular reading of scripture. Let's just spend some time in the gospels this month. Now, if you're reading somewhere else, I think that's great. But let's incorporate time in the red letters, specifically in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I love teaching the, the parables of Jesus, the hard sayings of Jesus. And today, we're starting a Jesus Said series with a message I've called The Great Invitation. The Great Invitation. Since you brought your Bible to church, go ahead and turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. We're gonna be at the tail end of that passage, that chapter. Matthew chapter 11, let me encourage you to always bring a Bible to church and a notebook. I think it's a great way to stay engaged in the sermon. By the way, you can engage in small group discussion this week, whether that small group's your dinner table with your family or with a small group at work or somewhere here in town. Matthew chapter 11, the great invitation. While you're turning there, let me ask, have you ever gotten a cool invite to go somewhere you've always wanted to go? Have you ever been asked by a, maybe a commanding officer to come and have dinner at the, you know, at the, at the officer's club? Or, or maybe you've been invited to go be a part of a, a cool sports opportunity or something that you've always wanted to do. I've not done everything I've wanted to do in my life, but I have had a few cool opportunities. I'll never forget the time I was asked to go to the White House. Uh, it was a tour to kind of get ready for my future estate. You know where I was gonna live. But anyway, um, <laughs> it was just prophecy. Anyway. No, the first time I was invited to the White House, it was a great opportunity and I had the privilege, uh, we actually got to meet with the, the, the acting president's staff at the time and, and um, there was a, a moment where they were asking, it was a group of pastors, they were asking us for prayer and I got to lay hands on and lead a prayer meeting for the president's personal assistant and the entire team uh, that was working with the president. I just thought that was a great, what a cool opportunity, you know, I couldn't, uh, I would not have turned that down, that's for sure. I've gotten to meet some of my favorite leaders and pastors and folks I really admire, some celebrities and athletes, and, and I've gotten the privilege to serve with some pretty amazing organizations as well. Let me just pause and say, Stephanie and I both agree, the greatest invitation we've received yet is to come to Clarksville and to be your pastor. So even though we've met all these other people, you're the greatest people that we know, and we thank God for you most of all. Let me just ask you, what kind of invitation would you adjust your life to? Like what, what invitation could you receive that you would adjust the way you live, adjust your schedule. I mean, most of us, if our boss called us and said, hey, I need to meet with you, you'd make the adjustments. Or, or maybe if an elected official uh, in your community, our county or, or city mayor called you and said, hey, I'd like to have a lunch with you, we'd make the adjustments and we'd do the appropriate things to, to put time in our calendar for that. Well, Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our King, the God of heaven, has offered so many invitations throughout the gospels. This is why I want you to read the gospels over the next month as we're doing this Jesus Said series. He has made so many invitations for us to come to him. And honestly, one of the things I'm concerned about as a pastor and just I think just being a Christian in the South, in, in, in this part of the country, is sometimes we take for granted the constant invitations of Christ to come close to him, to come near to him. And so today we're gonna look at one of his most famous invitations and it's something that I believe will change your life forever, honestly. And, and my hope today is by the end of the service that you'll be a different person because of the invitation of Jesus Christ. And I, I pray that God use me appropriately for that. I wanna start in Matthew 11. I wanna give you the context as we read the text together, then we'll unpack it as a church. Jesus is confronting religion which is man's attempt to get to God, which is behaviors and rules-oriented things. And he, he's honestly, you know, if, if you study the Bible, Jesus came into a culture and a time in history 
where religion was very much a part of the, of the cultural landscape. It was not hidden in this separation of church and state kind of attitude. It was very much a part of the cultural landscape. And he came into a religion that was not, salv- not saving people. It was actually binding people by rules and regulations and, and sacrificial systems. And Jesus came into a culture that was wrapped up in a ton of political drama and also a ton of religious pressure and those two worlds are colliding. And, and in Matthew chapters 10 and 11, he's confronting those religious worldviews. In fact, at one point in the chapter 11, he proclaims all these woes. Like he's basically condemning these cities that have tried to get to God through religion or that had become mean in their desire to be godly. They actually became mean and horrible. And he compares these cities in his pronouncements of judgment, he said, it would have been better for Sodom and Gomorrah than for you guys. I mean, he's in a pretty intense moment in his uh, proclamation of these curses and these condemnations on these cities that are just basically wrapped in sin. And then in that very same sentence, like that very same paragraph, we pick up in Matthew chapter 11, verse 25, and it says, and at that time, after pronouncing woes on these cities, Jesus declares to the Father, he says, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden all these things from the wise and understanding and you've revealed them to little children. What Jesus is saying is, is all the, the kings of the earth and the rulers of the political world, they don't get what God's doing right now. And he says, you're revealing it to the little ones, talking about all of his disciples and those that are following him. And he's thanking God that you have hidden this from the wise and you've given it to the little ones. You father, for such was your gracious will. And then he says, all things have been handed over to me. Now he's talking to the crowd. He said, all things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son of God except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son. And it feels a little exclusive. Jesus is making this kind of exclusive statement, like I know the Father, and the Father knows me, and nobody else knows us like we know each other, which feels a little awkward when you're in the room there, you know? It's like, ha-ha, I've got a best friend, and you can't know him. Anyway, that was the third grade baggage is what that was, just came out of me. He said, all things have been handed over to me by my father and no one knows the son except the father. No one knows the father except the son and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal. And then he says this in verse 28 and here's the great invitation. You ready? Verse 28, he says, now come to me. All you who labor, all of you who are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Remember his context. He's talking to a crowd of people trying to get to God through works and religion and like sin and political climbing. Jesus goes, woe to all of that. And he goes, now come unto me. He introduces this, inter- this intimate relationship between him and the father. And now he's saying, now come be a part of that. He says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me for I'm gentle, I'm lowly. All the religious and the political and the cultural stuff and the sin and the burden and the baggage, that's not gentle, that's not low. He says, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, I'm gentle and low in heart and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Lord, would you bless the reading of your word and the preaching of your word. Help me, Lord God, to speak in a way that's transformative and brings life change forever. Lord, we ask that you get all the glory and praise for changing us in Jesus' name, amen. I love this text. It's actually a very simple invitation from Jesus. We're gonna stay right here in these three verses the whole time. There are a couple things here that I want you to notice. First of all, a simple invite. Could you imagine getting a text from the CEO of your company goes, hey, come up to my office? 
Now, some of you would freak out like, what did I do? Oh my gosh, this is, this is not God. You don't have to freak out about him, he, you know? But he just says it just like that. It's like the Lord sending all of you a text this morning saying, hey, come to me. Very simple invite. Second, you, you'll notice there's some realities that he wants to address in our lives. Every one of you that's burdened and heavy laden, that needs rest, come to me. Then he gives some profound promises. The simplest promise of all is that you'll find me, you'll be with me, and you will find and have rest for your soul. Anybody in a season now or coming out of a season where your just soul is in turmoil, like anxiety or stress, or you got some diagnoses or got some drama going on in your life and you just need some rest for your soul, Jesus is inviting you, come to me. There's some realities in your life. There's some promises I wanna give you. And so I wanna ask you on the front end, does anybody feel like you're laboring through some stuff? Like your life is heavy and hard? Is there anyone out here that'd be honest with the Lord and say, man, I need some rest in my soul? So let's look together at this text because notice when Jesus starts, he said, come to me and I will give you rest. Then he goes a little further. He says, take my yoke, learn from me and you will find rest. The Bible in the New Testament has this motif that actual Sabbath rest is intimacy with God. It's not a Friday or Saturday off or Sunday off. It's, and I encourage every one of you to take a day off every week to rest with the Lord and come away with God. None of us should be going hard seven days a week. It's not part of God's design for us. A day of rest is really important. But real rest is knowing and walking with the Lord. And that's the motif. The book of Hebrews says that entering into true Sabbath is the, is the reaction, is, is the re result of us entering into relationship with Jesus every day. But let's look at this together and let's unpack this three-part invitation here. First of all, he says, come to me. Come to me. I just wanna pause and extend that invitation from the Lord to all of you today. Come to Jesus. Come to the Lord. Watch how he says in verse 28, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. It starts with a beautiful invite, come to me. And it seems like a certain group is who he's talking about. Everyone who's laboring and everyone who's heavy laden or burdened or laid things upon you. Let me just help you with who he's talking about. Because honestly, if you, you, you might be sitting here going, I don't, I'm not really working right now, so I'm not, I mean, I'm not in labor. So, you know, that's not really about me. That's a joke. Um, Pastor Erin, she and her husband lead our Austin P campus. And this week in our sermon prep, she helped us see the difference between all who labor and all who are heavy laden. All who labor is probably referring to anyone who's just burdened with cares that weigh you down, things you can't control, stuff happening to you and through you and because of you maybe. And yet all who are heavy laden could be referring to anyone who's been placed heaviness on them externally, like somebody's putting more weight on you. Either way, it's, it seems like it covers all of us at times, right? Like we've either got stuff going on or stuff going on around us. Can I hear an amen from somebody? All of us at some point or another are dealing with stuff and because we're humans, we're always dealing with sin, our flesh, our desire to religiously approach God or whatever the case. And Jesus is basically saying to everyone, come to me. By the way, this is part of the, the invitational heart of Christ is it's always for everybody. In context, if you remember, Jesus was speaking to people who are carrying sin in their lives, they're, they're hypocrites, or people carrying religion as their way to get to God. I'm gonna behave my way to God. I'm gonna do the rites and the, the sacrifices and I'm gonna earn my way to God and prove my way to him through religious activity. And he's talking to those who have no hope for their soul because they're woefully lost. This invitation, not only to his disciples, but to everyone else is come to me. 
You're trying to come to God through all these different means. You're trying to come to you. You're trying to come to your flesh. You're trying to, you're trying to climb some ladder in your culture and maybe in your company or in your world. And Jesus is going, no, 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 come to me. Come to me, all of you who are trying to do this life on your own. And look what he says, come to me and I will give you rest. Come to Jesus. In other words, he's saying, be close to me. Come near me. Come next to me. Get comfortable with me. Know me. Hear me. Listen to me. Come to me. Most people don't refuse invitations from great people. Most of us would never refuse an invitation. Even if we don't agree politically, we would probably take an invitation to have a meal with a political official, a leader, and, and a boss in our company. Most people don't refuse invitations from leaders they admire. There's famous celebs. Can I ask all of you, do you admire Jesus? Do you love Jesus more than all? Why do we refuse his invitations to keep coming to him? The God of heaven shows up with an open arm invitation to come to me, come to me when you're heavy in your heart and it's difficult, come to me in response to all the heaviness we're feeling and experiencing and in response to all that's happening, his arms are wide open and his, his, he's not saying get that figured out and call me when you're better. He doesn't say go get a squad to get your life cleaned up. He just says come as you are, come get your stuff, come get around me. When you're dealing with it's hard, when it's heavy, don't try to resolve your issues, resolve to be with me. No matter what you're dealing with, no matter how heavy it is, no matter what you're going through, Jesus says, I will give you resolve and rest. Listen, people came to Jesus in the gospels for all kinds of reasons. They came for forgiveness, for answers, for healings, for miracles, for teachings. They come for deliverance. Many of them came for others. But in this invitation, Jesus is inviting us to come to him for rest which is way more than a nap. He's saying, I want your soul to be at rest. Anybody know the feeling when your soul is not at rest? Your emotions are out of whack. It's overloaded emotions, broken spirit, heavy hearts, distracted and disturbed minds. What do we tend to do in those situations is we try to fix or placate or avoid or evade or distance ourselves, or we medicate through sin and drink or drugs or whatever, but Jesus is saying, when it's hard and heavy, come to me. When your spirit's broke, when your heart's heavy, when you're distracted and disturbed, instead of medicating and avoiding and evading and working harder to just fix it, or we project and soul vomit all over everyone else, Jesus says, get near me. Get comfortable with me, get to know me. I, I feel like the picture of Jesus here is, it's a loving father with arms wide open. I have four daughters, if you're new here, you don't know this, but I have four girls and, and my wife's a girl too. So I've, she's a woman, she's my woman. And one of the things I've learned with raising daughters is I don't know anything. <laughs> but truthfully, there've been times when things are awry and things are upset and things are just coarse and I go, what is it, let's fix it. I'm a doer and a task guy and I'm a fixer. And my wife has reminded me many times, just hold her, just hug her. Just be around her. Sometimes we don't need resolve, we just need him. And I'm just telling you, this invite from Jesus in context is a world totally upside down and in tumult. And Jesus is going, come to me, just get by me. And let me just ask you this question. Like, it, it, it's kind of like a life preserver in a storm. It, it's, it's the rescue boat. It's the, um, it, it's, the, it's the parent when you're scared, you know what I'm saying? Do you see Jesus in this way? That when life is hard and when things are upended, you can just get in your prayer closet. I mean, we sing it in our worship songs. 
Hallelujah, you're all I need. But a lot of us treat God like, hallelujah, I'm working on this. I'll get back to you in just a few days. Jesus says, come to me. Come to me, I'll give you rest. All who are burdened and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Then he invites us to do the second thing. Take my yoke upon you. I eat a lot of eggs. I remember when I was a new Christian hearing about yolks, and I was like, that's weird. I didn't read it, I heard it, you know, yolk. He says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you and you will find, he, he goes on to say, and learn from me, from meek and lowly in heart. We're gonna get to that in just a second. But he says, take my yoke upon you and you will find rest. Notice in the first part, he says, come to me, I'll give you rest. And now he says, take my yoke, learn from me, and then you'll start finding rest. What that means is you'll start learning how to just discover and stay in a place of rest and soul care and health. By the way, I encourage all of you to read this book called Soul Keeping by John Ortberg. It will change your life. He says, take my yoke upon you. And let me just tell you, Jesus was not a farmer or an agrarian. He was an artisan, craftsman. They call him a carpenter, but there's not a lot of wood in that part of the world. So he was doing a lot of stonemasonry work as well. But this is a, a yoke for animals, for plowing. And um, uh, typically a yoke would be, uh, the, the, by design, a harness is a single uh, animal contraption. But when you're putting two together to work hard and to work together, it's yoked. They're yoked together. So the two animals together are called yoke fellows and you're yoked together. And typically it'd be two oxen of the same size or two mules of the same side. It's a single cross piece laid over their necks with these bows between them that are adjustable. These bows are adjustable high and low. You can see the little pieces here. So if the, if the one animal is a little bigger than the other, you know, you can adjust the yoke accordingly so that it doesn't uh, create discomfort. But Jesus is giving this analogy here. He's like, take my yoke upon you. Now, Jesus was not a farmer. He didn't have a yoke in his shed, you know what I'm saying? Like he, and he wasn't also an ox. I don't know if you knew that or not. He was not a goat, an ox, a donkey, he was his man. So, but he understood this farming analogy and after inviting us to come to him, then he gives us this analogy to say, and take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And what this is, it's interesting that Jesus is teaching, come to me to find rest, and he uses an analogy of a machine designed for work. I want you to understand something. Rest is not sleep or laziness. Rest is walking with the one. Rest is walking alongside a yoke fellow that makes your burdens lighter and makes the job more palatable and makes the life and the walk easier. Rest is not doing nothing, it's doing everything yoked up with Jesus. What Jesus is saying here is come to me and then he's saying, get yoked up with me. Can I tell you, if two animals are yoked, they're stuck together, they're bound together. Jesus isn't saying take my habits, he's saying take my bondage and be bound up with me so that we're walking this life together. Jesus, by inviting us to take his yoke, is not saying, hey, do this job for me. What he's saying is come be around me. Don't just get in proximity, but get like locked into position with me. He's saying, be intimate, be in partnership, be close to me and walk in step. I'll tell you, two animals yoked together do not go in separate directions. Two animals yoked together are not doing opposite jobs. Two animals yoked together have one collective objective and they cannot separate. What Jesus is telling us is, take my yoke, attach yourself to me. Now let me do a little bit of nerding out here and some teaching for you. 
Usually when two animals are yoked together, there's a couple reasons why this happens, but typically in order to be the most productive, to work the fastest, and I know this because I am a farmer. <laughs> no, but I went to farming school on Google. So <laughs> when two animals are yoked together, they're typically close to or comparable in size and strength. That allows them to walk together at the same pace, to get the work done at the same speed. And you can study this out statistically, the, the, the uh, strength grows exponentially when two animals are put together. So like one animal may be able to pull 50 and two doesn't pull 100, they would pull like 250 together. So their strength and their speed and their ability grows exponentially when they're working together. So typically when two animals are yoked together, they're, they're comparable. They're typically the same animal style uh, type and the same size and strength. Or there's another time that two animals would be yoked together and it's when there's one strong and one weak, one lead and one following, one larger and one smaller, more experienced and less experienced and that's when the farmer is trying to train the younger. Does that make sense? So those are the two opportunities to be yoked together in an animal situation. Well, listen, when Jesus is inviting us to yoke with him, he's not saying, come be God with me. He's not saying, come save the world with me. He's not saying, come be as holy as I am. Come go to the cross for me, with me. He's the stronger and we're the weaker. But many of us go, I can't get yoked up with him because I'm not strong enough, or I don't know enough Bible, or I haven't been around the church long enough. No, no, no. He will, all, remember these boughs are adjustable. Can I tell you when there's a big ox over here and a small one here, this thing gets a little tighter to compensate. And Jesus in the same way knows right where you are. He knows how long you've been walking with him. He knows your issues. He knows the sin that you've been living in. And he doesn't expel the invitation for you to yoke with him just because you're not co-equal. He never expects you to be equal with him. He knows what he's getting into you into when he invites you to come yoke along him. He knows it'll slow him down. He knows that he has to be temperate and patient and kind with you. He said, I'm gentle, I'm lowly in heart. So come yoke yourself to me. Remember what he said and you'll find rest for your soul. Hey, let me just come out of this for just a moment and, and let me just tell you in some ways, we always prefer the equal yoke part, right? Like if you got a workout partner, you want somebody with your moderate strength. If you're gonna have a battle buddy in combat, you want somebody that knows how to cover your six, right, everybody, right? For many of us, we wanna, we, we hopefully are choosing to be equally yoked with other believers as well, brothers and sisters who we can walk with and grow with and not be drugged down by. Can I tell you, when you're unequally yoked, if you're the strong one, you're doing all the work and you're doing all the heavy lifting, and I'll tell you what, it will wear you out faster than when you're with somebody that's equally yoked with you. Or the temptation is, it will pull you down into a ditch. This is why Paul the Apostle writes in 2 Corinthians 6, 14, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. My wife and I, we have a, a couple friends, our daughters have friends with their daughters and there's kind of this four or five families that they all have friends in the same age group. And, and one of the dads and I were talking on Friday night just how thankful we are that our families have shared values, shared alignment. We all go to church together. We love Jesus together and we're equally yoked as family. It makes hanging out with their kids a lot easier and more like trustworthy, right? But how many of you know when you got kids that your, your kids are becoming, there's bad influences there and they're dragging your kid's heart away from you or maybe that's true with you with some coworkers at work. Listen, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, 14, don't be unequally yoked 
with unbelievers. Can I tell everyone who's in a dating relationship or pursuing someone for marriage right now, this is gold wisdom when it comes to the kind of person you wanna do your life with forever. Don't be unequally yoked. Like make sure you're pursuing someone who's pursuing Christ ahead of you. All right, let me come back to this though. When two animals are yoked together, either they're both of similar strength in order to get the job done faster or there's a strong and a weak because the strong is training the weak under the leadership of the, of the owner. And that's the situation where Jesus is inviting you into. He knows where you're at. He's not confused with the fact that you're not God. He's not confused with the fact that you haven't read all the Bible and you don't have all your theology figured out. He's also not confused with the fact that you're lowly or that you're tired, you're weary, you're labored, and you're heavy laden. And his ask of you is not go get your act together. Go get that stuff figured out and then come to me. That's the very group he condemned. That religious approach that says, I gotta get me figured out. I'm gonna try to be a better person. Jesus says, no, 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 you're not a better person apart from me, so just come to me and take my yoke because I'll train you, I'll teach you, I'll invest in you, I'll, I'll invite you to grow closer to me. And can I tell you, when you're the weaker ox with a stronger ox, when you're you and he's him, you know what'll happen to you is you'll, you'll be yoked up with Jesus and, and you'll start moving with him. You'll start walking with him. You'll start flowing with him. You'll start resulting or responding to him. You'll start hearing his voice and listening to him. You'll start to sound like him and talk like him and you'll start to forgive like him and love like him and maybe even suffer like him. Robert Morris shared once in a message, um, it was on some, some television show he was on, but he was saying how, the longer I've walked with Jesus, the, the more I recognize his voice when he speaks to me. The same is true with you and your, your spouse, right? Like I've been married to Stephanie 21 years. When we first met, she was from Ohio, so I had to translate all the Northern accent stuff. You know, like, don't you know, you know, all that kind of stuff. I didn't get it. E, you know, all that. That's not true, it's not true. But now she could say anything from any place in our house in any emotion and I recognize her voice. I know when my wife is speaking. After 21 years of doing life together, yoked up together, living in the same house, doing the same life, working together, I know her voice and she knows mine. And the same is true when Jesus, listen, as he's inviting you, come to me, then he's saying, get locked in with me. And why? Because it's good for you. It'll change you. It's the greatest invitation we've been offered. The God of heaven is inviting us to take his yoke upon us. Both times he'll give you rest and you'll find rest. And then finally he says, and learn from me. Oh, look at that. That's me and Jesus. <clears throat> he says, learn from me. So he starts with come to me. That's kind of the big step. Then he goes, tie into me. Then he says, and then listen to me. Learn from me. Many of us are learning a lot from outside of him. We're learning from Fox News and CNN. We're learning from social media. We're learning from our flesh. We're learning, hey, watch this. Many of us are busy learning from our feelings. I always get nervous when people say, I'm just gonna, I don't, I don't pray, I meditate. I don't trust my thoughts. I don't trust my thoughts for an hour, that's for sure. I wanna meditate on God's word, but just empty my head and just trust what I come out of there with? Nope. Jesus said, Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Look what he says, for I'm gentle, I'm lowly. Can I just invite you for this month as we're doing this Jesus Said series, just read the gospels this month. 
Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and repeat. Read them over and over again. And let's learn from King Jesus. Let's learn from our master and our Lord. Look what he says, I'm gentle and lowly. What you'll find as you read the gospels, he's never abrasive or mean to you. He'll never say anything to hurt you. You will not find a single passage in the gospels where Jesus' words hurt you, never. I don't know about you, but I've been around religious folks that when they talk, it hurts. Hello? I've listened to stuff online. I've been, in the, I've been tempted to get in the debates on social media where those words hurt. Jesus said, I'm gentle, I'm low, I'm, I'm coming to you. And you shall find rest for your souls. I just want you to hear the heart of this invitation. In his immediate context, he's just confronted and condemned religion and the religious-based, rules-based approach to God. And he has overtly pushed back against the Pharisees, Sadducees, scribes, and others, their religious demeanors and attitudes. And he's now inviting his audience, hey, just don't try to get to God through that. Get to God by coming to me. Don't try to figure God out. Let me teach you who I am. If you remember in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the only way to God. I am the truth. That, that means everything Jesus said and is and does is true. I don't know why we would search for truth outside of Jesus. He said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. When you and I are not, when you and I not only come to him, when we take his yoke upon us and share as a yoke fellow with him, when we're in proximity to him, when we're learning from him, we discover that Jesus only speaks truth. He only teaches what God wants us to know. And he only leads us in the way everlasting. And you know what comes as a result of that? Rest for my soul. Peace with God. The joy of the Lord. This is an invitation to learn from him. Doesn't this seem so simple, yet so profoundly hard at the same time? This is his invitation to learn from him. Can I just tell you some of the practical ways you need to do this? This is why we read his word. Can I tell you, you're not gonna figure Jesus out just making it up or watching The Chosen. Great show, but read your Bible. This is why we pray. Can I invite every one of you this month to commit? I'm gonna pray every day. Let's just do it together as a church. I'm gonna spend time with God every single day. And don't just come to God with your list. Here's my prayer list, God. It's not a grocery store. You ever go to the store and just walk around? Like, I don't even know what I want here today. It's like scrolling on Netflix. I don't know what I wanna watch. I spend an hour trying to pick a show and never pick one. I just want you to cruise with Jesus like that and don't drop off any list. I just want you to be with him. Get in your prayer closet, get on your knees, stand on your feet, whatever you need to do, and just worship him. Just stand there in silence and listen to the Holy Spirit. Spend time in his word, spend time in prayer. Go to church, get in your small group. Come to me, learn from me, and you'll find rest for your souls. You gotta have a plan to get around Jesus. How many of you know the invite's there, but you gotta take a step? Did you hear what I said? The invite is there, but you gotta take a step. I was invited to go to the White House. You know what I had to do? Buy a suit. Because I was 41 and didn't own a good suit. Then I had to buy a plane ticket. I had to get a hotel room. I had to go through security. They got real security at the White House. Can I tell you that one right now? I felt a little violated, I'm not gonna lie. You have to take the steps to receive this invitation. Come to me. Take my yoke, learn from me. If I can be real honest as a pastor, I just wanna say, I'm concerned that sometimes we don't get this right. For many of us, if we're not careful, our greatest relationship is not the Lord. Can I tell you the eternal relationship that you're actually working to build is with Jesus, not your buddy, your homeboy, your neighbor, your politician. It's with Jesus. 
It's not your favorite celebrity or what basketball player is shooting what hoops and what their stats are. Who cares about that? Our greatest relationship is not anything here. It's with the Lord. And yet I'm afraid that for many of us, we're waiting till heaven to come unto him, but he's inviting you, come unto me now, take my yoke. We're getting yoked up with other people, other ideas, other belief systems. We're, we're following Islam and Hinduism and rules and all these kind of other religions. Jesus is saying, don't even follow a religion. Come to me and get yoked up with me and learn from me. We're learning from everyone else but him. And I just wanna bring us back to this very simple invite. And look what Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden, it's light. Many of us are living life all the time, hard and heavy. That is not who Jesus is. If you feel like being a Christian is hard and heavy, you haven't met Jesus. Because his burden is light and easy. I've got a couple friends that are gonna come up here and help me with a closing illustration. I showed you a picture of a yoke, but I actually have one. I'm thankful for a, a new friend in our church and his, I think a great grandfather, somebody had this yoke. I found out most farmers in the area don't use two oxen to do their field work anymore. They use one John Deere, you know. <laughs> anyway, one of my, our, our friends uh, had this yoke kind of in a shed somewhere. And so we had to modify it. We didn't have the bow, the bow piece, so we were using rope instead. And, but you get the point. And let me just show you kind of the anatomy of a yoke. And I've got a couple friends here. Uh, this is Jesus, and this is you. Okay, good, you're tracking. Um, the, the top piece here is called the beam, and it's the main body of the yoke. Um, the belly is the middle that attaches to the pulley system, the chains or whatever that's attaching to the cart or the carriage or the plow. The next seat is this curved part here that's designed to bring comfort but allow you to carry some of the load. So the animals would have this as a comforting spot. And then the bow would be typically a piece of wood that's adjustable, but we're, we're symbolizing it here with a piece of rope. But this goes around the neck of the animal or the person. And, uh, and it's meant to carry the weight when you're pulling on it, right? So, so this is what you pull the yoke with. And I want you to understand something here. This whole passage is an invite from Christ, our Lord, our master, our King, to find rest by putting on a work device. So I'm gonna ask Jesus to <clears throat> hold your yoke because you said to take, not you, not, no, hang on, you, not yet. We're invited to come to him, he said, first of all. And honestly, if, 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 we're, if we're honest about this, many of us, if we're invited to Jesus, we go, cool, I'm just gonna be around Jesus. What's up, bro, how you doing? And we're just gonna be boys and don't ask me of anything, but just let me be around you because I wanna be best friends, but I still wanna be me, you know? And so that's anybody else's problem but mine. So, so we like this place next to Jesus because it hadn't, required anything of me yet, hadn't cost me anything yet. But the invitation of Jesus is take his yoke, which means we share the load of this cross beam. Now watch, the invitation is not give him your yokes. Because a lot of people do this, can I see this? We go, we go uh, hey Jesus, man, hey listen, I got a lot going on. I got baggage from my youth upbringing, my dad was mean, and or I've got Southern, issues or, or man, I, I was hurt, church hurt. I got all this stuff. And hey, God, I've been carrying this for so long. Would you mind to carry this with me? Jesus didn't say, bring me your yokes. He said, take mine. Oh, wow. So wait a minute. How, there is no triple double yoke here. There's, I'm either going to carry mine or I'm going <clears> to <throat> put it down and carry his. So Jesus said, take my yoke, because it's easy and light. And the yoke I've been carrying is heavy and hard. It feels, like, it feels like shame. 
It feels like sin. It feels like my flesh. It feels like 20 years of racism. It feels like oppression. It feels like defeat that I've been walking around in just believing because of my upbringing and all this other junk in my life. It feels like my feelings. And we wanna go to Jesus and go, hey, will you carry this with me? And he's like, why don't you just put that down and take my yoke on you? Well, part of the only ways that you take his yoke is you gotta put yours down. You gotta decide to lay some things down in order to carry his yoke together. And what's really interesting, Jesus has invited us, draw near to me, come to me. That, the invite's open, the door's unlocked, the, 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 the fridge is yours, like come into my place. James said it like this in James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. There's no way in the world Jesus is not gonna be on the other side of that invitation. He says, come to me, draw near to me, walk with me, settle up. Now watch this, when you get into the yoke with Christ and we tighten the, the, the bow appropriately to where all of a sudden you're locked in with the Lord. And when he speaks, that's all you're hearing. And when he leads, you follow. And when he stops, you stop. And you're not taking the lead because you're the weaker ox. But it's gonna require some things of you. It's gonna cost some things from you. Some of us struggle. We go, I can't put this yoke on because I'm not worthy. He's, he's aware of that. I don't know enough of the mission of God. I'm not holy enough. I struggle. God, you don't know my life. Yeah, I do. That's why I invited you to come up here next to me because your life is a wreck and this life is a lot better. We go, I don't know enough Bible. I don't know enough scripture. I'm too new or I'm too old. I'm too young. Some of us, if we're honest, we're too busy being yoked up to somebody else or some sin or some crazy ways of thinking or our own greed. We're so busy yoked up to other cultural stuff that we don't feel like we would ever fit here. Don't forget, this is adjustable. Jesus said, come, learn, take my yoke. That's not him saying, save the world, I'll do that. That's not him saying, be perfect, he'll do that. Some of us struggle, but he's not saying, take the weight of heaven and earth. Jesus said, I got that. You just take the weight of being near me. Tie your life to mine. Be in real relationship with Jesus. So how do we do it? Can we stand to our feet? Nobody leave, come on, let me just close this in prayer. I'm gonna hand off to our campus pastor in just a moment. First thing I want you to do is you have to decide, I believe that this invitation's for me and I surrender my whole life to Jesus. Can I ask our prayer team to come up here right now? I surrender my whole life to Jesus. You're the Lord, you're the master. That means I'm gonna put down some things and I'm gonna pick up the yoke with Christ. Second, I'm gonna choose to come away and be with God. I'm gonna come to him. I'm gonna learn of him. I'm gonna take his yoke. That means I wanna spend time with God every day, every week, every month. I'm gonna read his word. I'm gonna pray. Don't just pray for my needs, but I'm gonna pray to be with him. I'm gonna belong to his family. Part of being yoked up with Jesus is you're yoked up with his kingdom and his family, the church, the bride of Christ. And I'm gonna be in small group. I'm gonna be obedient to God. And the greatest hindrance for all of us if we're gonna take up his yoke is we have to remove ours. And some of you, your greatest hindrance is your flesh, the addictions to your yokes. But in order for you to take his, you gotta put yours down. You gotta repent from some things today. And that's where I wanna end our time together. Thank you guys for helping me this morning. In the Message Bible, this text reads like this. Are you tired and worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me. You'll recover your life. 
I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Can we just open our hands to the Lord right now? And I wanna invite you right now, if you say, Pastor Mike, this message is messing with me, I've got some things I need to lay down. Even while I'm praying, get out of your seat and come let somebody down here pray with you. Come on, just get out of your seat, move down here and let somebody pray with you to lay these burdens down, lay these yokes off of your life and take up a yoke with Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord God, for your mighty word. Thank you, Lord for the scripture. Stephanie, if you would come and help me with prayer. Thank you, Lord God, for changing lives today. Thank you, Lord, for transforming us and teaching us new things from the word of God. Thank you, Lord, for your gospel. Thank you, Jesus, that you have offered us this great invitation to come to you, to come to you, to take your yoke, to lay ours down and to learn from you. Lord, we receive this message by faith. We believe this invitation is for us. We will walk in this invitation from here forward in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Lord God. We thank you for it, Lord God. Lord, and I thank you for every person that's here just thinking of the burdens that they've been carrying. And I pray that they would lay them down right now. Every single person, God, we all carry challenges and trials. And right now, this is their moment to lay it at your thank feet. Thank you, Lord. And so, Lord, we make that exchange right now. We thank you that your burden is easy and your yoke is light. Lord, we, we want to walk with you, God. Thank you for every person that's here today, God. And as we close out our time together, we thank you, God, that we will turn to you and we will not turn to ourselves or other things, but God, we will bring yes. all of our issues, problems, needs, struggles to you, God, yes. and you want to carry that for us. God, you're such a good God. You're yes, such you a are. good Father. And we love you so much in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said here today, Amen. 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 Hey, I want, before we leave, I want to invite you, if this message is messing with you, let our prayer team pray with you. I want to close in a confession of Jesus as Lord of our lives and invite you to be baptized today. If you've said yes to Christ today, if God is stirring you to give your whole life to him, but please let our prayer team pray with you today and get baptized. And we've handed off to our other campuses, but let us confess Jesus as Lord of all, and we're going to walk with him together. Everybody pray this with me. Say, God, I thank you for Jesus the son of the living God who gave his life on a cross for me that I can live forever. Say, I confess my sins. I ask for your forgiveness. I receive your salvation to the glory of God the Father in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. I receive it by faith today in Jesus' mighty name. I will come to you. I will walk with you. I will live for you for the rest of my life. Say it, God, I'm all in. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.